We're going to go into the word for this morning and I want to take you through Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24. Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24. I would like to read that passage for you once again from the ESV translation. It says like this, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. Amen. The title for the sermon this morning is, I love God to direct your steps. I love God to lead you in his way. It is so easy for us to find a way that makes more sense to us. It's so easy for us to often find that desire that we have or this dream that we have or this ambition that we have and work towards it. But as Christians, you know, once we come to the Lord, we have a task to do. That is, follow God's will, His purpose and live according to that every day. Okay, whether you like it or not, I tell you, following God is our duty. Amen. I remember when we start uh, our first first semester in Bible college, it's very exciting because everyone starts with this passion for ministry. But by the third year, no one wants to go into ministry because somehow they want to you know, survive, make sure that they get a job uh, and have some enough earning to support their family, all of that. So people who begin with a passion to do God's will, two and a half, three years later, will go off in a different path. And sometimes, you know, I, I look at my batchmates and I see how many of them are in ministry. And I can tell you, in my class, less than half are actually in ministry. Everyone else, you know, are in different places doing different things. And sometimes I wonder, where is that passion? Where is the calling? Where is this drive to live according to God's will? You see, as, as human beings, we all face this challenge that one day it will be God, I want to live according to your will. But another day it will be God, my will sounds better. We all struggle with that, right? Like someone who said, you know, if, if all I'm doing is God's will, what about my will? I tell you, once you come to Christ, there is no longer I it's no longer what I want. It's all about what Christ wants. And that is what, you know, we look at the book of Galatians. We see in the life of Paul, he says, my life has been hidden with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I want you to understand this church. If there is one thing that God desires from us today, that is to walk according to his will and walk according to his purpose. Because if you look at Luke 9.23, Luke 9.23, it says like this, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. That's a, that's a difficult verse, right? <laughs> must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. You know, you can preach an entire sermon on this, but with that first word, deny themselves, you can, you can speak about it for days together because there are so many things in our life that we have to deny. There are so many things in us we have to lay down. There are so many things in us we have to say, God, I feel like that is the path I should go, but let me walk according to your will. 
it's a fight it's i tell you it's very easy to sing i surrender all i have been listening to that song from my childhood one of my favorite hymns i love singing that song we sing that song over and over again in church just to remind ourselves that it's not just about singing but about living that life are you with me so far are you with me or are you sad <laughs> it's not just about singing that song i surrender all but it's about truly surrendering everything to god and living a life of total submission to the lord because we we see that in the life of jesus right we see that in the life of jesus he was totally surrendered to the will of the father we see that he was whatever the father wanted him to do jesus did and that set a path for us a lifestyle for us that in our life every day we must allow god to order to establish our steps that is our duty and i tell you this living life according to god's word is the best it is the best life people may say i i remember when i came into ministry they were like why because i was i was 23 when i came into ministry and people were saying you have a big life ahead of you you're too young why don't you do something and then later in the later stages of your life go into ministry but at that time i felt you know this is what i'm supposed to do and i can tell you once i've stepped into ministry now that i look back i'm 30 years old now i tell you i don't regret even the decisions i've made because god has filled me with his blessings with his joy that is beyond words can express you know each one of you attending church the church that we have the building that we have every resource that we have here i believe is a blessing i truly believe it's a blessing this is not an accident this is not the the doing of a man i can tell you that because every month as we go by i look at and i can see the hand of god and if you can live your life every day where you witness the hand of god there's nothing like it but if you if you live your life every day where you don't know where god is and where you don't know what your spiritual life is like that is the worst kind of life because you may have everything you may have the influence you may have the power you may have the money but a life without god what did david pray what did david pray when he committed a sin against bathsheba against the lord with bathsheba what did he pray take not thy holy spirit from me that was his prayer because this man knew what it means to you know be with the lord and to think of that separation from god was unbearable and he fell at the feet of god and he said god take not thy holy spirit from me it is it is that closeness that relationship that we have to seek for every day those are the things that actually build our spiritual life and i encourage you church that every day live your life according to god's will and god's purpose amen i know there are some extra noises that you're hearing today but please ignore them hopefully it'll be all right so psalm 37 verse 23 reminds us of the will of god another thing about the will of god is that the will of god will 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 keep you safe from dangerous situations in life 
I was I was reading about this uh, story of this uh, Punjabi singer. It's it's in the news, right? Everybody is talking about it. Uh, Sidhu Musawala, and they're talking about oh he was killed, and the the, the Aam Aadmi government took off the security cover. All these issues are going on right now, and and I was I was interested to know what is the background of this man, because I I read some articles and they said that this man glorified the gun culture. You know, he loved his guns. He was part of gangs. You know, all these things. You know, he, he, he spoke about it. He wrote songs about it. He was glorifying violence. What did, what did Jesus tell Peter? You take the sword, you die by the sword. Right? Now, I'm not justifying his killing. I do feel bad for the loss. However, when we look at certain people's lives, we understand why and what's happening. He had a lot of links with gangsters and everything and eventually, you see, you don't have to do anything bad to be in a bad position. You just have to be in the bad company. That is why your friendships are important. If you ever have a friend who is, who is a little corrupt, little corrupt, I'm not saying corrupt in a big way, if he's a little corrupt, stay far from him as much as possible. Okay, if you entertain a little bit of corruptness, you'll think it's okay, it's okay. Eventually, it'll lead you down a path where you'll embrace everything he, the other person does. Because, because you look at what happened to this guy, what happened to him was that he, was, he just sheltered some people who, who murdered another guy. He gave them shelter and the other gang thought that this man is part of it. And so they took revenge on him and killed him. Though he was not directly involved, he just gave a little bit of support. And that led to his killing. And he's younger than me. He's 28 years old when he was killed. Can you imagine? What a, what a loss of life. What a loss of life. If we are in the will of God, I tell you, we can escape from those situations. My, my dad was, would often share the story of his upbringing that in his hometown, when he was growing up, even he was part of the gang where they were drinking, you know, they were fighting with each other, they were fighting with others, they were causing huge problems in his town. But somehow, God saved him and he came over and he started preaching the gospel, entered into ministry. Many years later, when he went back to his hometown, he found out that most of his friends who were with him drinking and partying and, and fighting into rowdyism, all of them had passed away, except for one. Can you imagine the life? You know, by the time people reach their 30s, they're gone. We, we live in a world where the safest place to be is the will of God. I want you to understand this. If you, if you forget everything I said, I want you to know the safest place to be is in the will of God is always in the will of God. The Bible says, the steps of a man are established by the Lord. If you go to the NKJV version, it says like this, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. If you read the NLT version, it's interesting. Psalm 37 verse 23 says like this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their life. 
and if you read the same verse in different versions you'll get different perspectives but it's it's basically the same meaning think of think about god delighting in us god saying this is my son i'm pleased with him i'm pleased with the things that he's doing i'm pleased with the way he talks i'm pleased with the way he has relationships with people you know god is interested in details he's not just a god who looks at the macro level but looks at a very minute details he sees how we talk the words we use he looks at the thoughts we have he looks at the intentions of our heart and the bible says that he delights in every detail of our life i don't know if this disturbs you but but it is it is disturbing me a lot and uh, at the same time my ipad is showing that the battery is about to die <laughs> god have mercy so there's always a war going on in our hearts that is you know is it god's will or my will god's plan or my plan but somewhere in the process we are lost we don't know what to do so we just go with the flow now some might argue saying you know when it comes to matters of god's will god's plan humans don't really have a free will human beings do not have free will rather we are like puppets operated by god operated by a higher being now that is not true that's not true because before i go into the next part of the sermon i want to clarify this god has given each of us free will he has given us free will to choose his ways it is as if you know a parent gives a toy to their children and desires that the children will use it in a responsible way right you know my my son i i got him a toy last week and what he does is that if i get him a truck if i get him a big truck whatever he finds it joyful to you know not just drive it on the floor but on me so he brings his truck his ambulance and he runs it on me uh, the last last week i bought him a big one a huge one to play with and he was running that on me and i started painting i said don't do this you know i'm giving you this so that you can play it in the right manner not abuse it in the same way god gives us free will so that we can do the right thing and what is the right thing is to choose him i hope you understand this god gives us the free will but in that free will he expects us to choose his will and his purpose for our life now when it comes to god's will many will often use the will of god for their selfish benefit they will do whatever they want and they will say listen this is the will of god for my life someone said like this oh i'm not going to be part of this church anymore because the lord spoke to me saying leave the church and so the pastor asked them which which god spoke to you you see many times people use the will of god for their special for their own selfish benefit because you see in the early church in the book of acts people got saved and god added them to the church right and will the same god ask the people to leave church sometimes you know people use will of god for their own benefit just so that they can get what they want to get so we must truly understand what god's will is 
and how his will works in our life. Now, if you would excuse me, I would like to bring my laptop so that I can continue the sermon. Otherwise, I'll, I'll lose my notes. Some of you might be wondering, Pastor, why not use a paper? Why not use a pen and paper? You know, to be honest with you, I haven't written in years. I haven't actually written. So whenever I go to the bank, I sign a check and they tell me, sir, your signature is not matching. <laughs> That's the dilemma. Because I, I use uh, technology a lot. My entire Bible library is, is on this computer. So uh, it, it's very easy for me to actually... Uh, prepare a sermon on the computer and read it and share with you then um, writing on a paper. There was one, one time I went to a church, I, was, I, was, I wrote everything on a paper at that time. Uh, and usually, you know, about the preachers, there's a fan to preach, the, to, to keep the preachers, you know, a little cool. <laughs> but what happened that day as I was preaching, the papers started to fly. And, you know, that's the worst thing that can happen to a preacher. Uh, there's, there's one time my... Uh, Homiltics professor, he was preaching and he, he started the introduction. He started the introduction and once he, after he started the introduction, you know, the rest of the papers flew away. So everyone was bringing one, <laughs> you know, like all the congregation was bringing one after another. So things like that can happen. Now, this is convenient for me because I, I write a lot, I research a lot, so it's easier. Uh, please don't mind. <laughs> so, when it comes to God's will, there are types of God's will. The first one is the decreed will of God. Now, this is God's eternal foreordained plan and purpose. Now, when I say decreed will of God, it means this, that once God has chosen Israel, done. He's not going to reject them. That is why even the way they are today, even if they reject God, it is not going to change God's plan and God's purpose. And that is called as the decreed will of God. So, when God gives a promise... He makes a covenant. It is his decreed will. It is never changing. It is set in stone. The second one is called as the perceptive will of God. Now the perceptive will of God is basically written down in his word. So when we look at the Bible, it contains moral lessons. For example, it says, do not murder, which means it is God's will that we don't kill anybody. It's God's will that we don't steal anything. This is called as a perceptive will because whatever is written down in God's word, we have to take from that and understand this is how we have to live. But sometimes people will pray, Lord, I haven't spoken, I haven't spoken, I haven't drunk, but one time, this one time, Holy Spirit, if you'd allow me permission just one time to smoke, you know, you don't have to pray about it because God is not going to reveal anything new because it is written in his word that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's written already in his word. So whether you pray and receive a revelation, it is invalid because there are things that God has written. We cannot pray and ask for a different answer. For example, 
another example is you know a person cannot pray about living with their boyfriend and they cannot say lord can i live with my boyfriend before marriage the bible is clear you cannot do that if you turn with me to hebrews 13:4 it says like this marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure so nobody can say well the lord guided me to move in with my girlfriend or my boyfriend <laughs> no why because the perceptive will of god says you cannot do that you cannot do that okay the next one is the sovereign will of god for instance if you look at the life of joseph joseph was destined to be a ruler you know he was going to be a man who will save israel from the famine and make them into a great nation god had a plan for him but was it easy what happened to him he was sold kidnapped put in prison all the worst things that could happen to a person happened now this is the sovereign will of god now in the sovereign will of god there may be certain things that may happen to us that will seem very evil that will very bad and sometimes you may wonder you know how does such a good god allow it to happen it is his sovereign will god has already planned it and it will happen that way but eventually it will all work out for the good amen that is a sovereign will of god the fourth one is the directive will of god now this is god's personal guidance for our life this is god's personal guidance for our life so let's say if you plan to start a business or plan to go somewhere and you need god's guidance you're praying for the directive will of god okay now when god gives you his special guidance he will never violate what he has already written in his word for example the person who said god said ask me to leave the church if you compare it with the word of god god will never do that that's not how god works and so a person cannot use that to say this is what god directed me to do so when god gives you a special revelation it will never be against his word against what he has already spoken so four different kinds of will what is the first one i know nobody took notes decree will of god what is the second one perceptive will of god third one sovereign will of god fourth one directive will of god it will be very helpful for you if you if you take down notes amen can i hear a loud hallelujah yes yes i know it may be a little hard to move your pens but i encourage you to do that it's good for your spiritual life so these are four types of will of god now some will say pastor i don't understand sometimes the will of god is not very clear to me i don't know what to do you know we are hearing about the verse that says you know let your steps be ordered by the lord allow god to order your steps or establish your steps but i don't know now we all come to this place of confusion and we say i don't know what to do i want to start something i i or i met this person but i don't know if this is the person for me how do i figure out how do i get to know what god's will is there are three things here in this situation that you can do three things in general that you can do there will be times when you may not be sure if this is god's will there will be times when you may not feel like you know you, you may not be 100% sure of it now 
Even in that situation, what will happen to you is, you will feel like taking a risk. You'll feel like taking a risk. And in those moments, make this simple prayer saying, God, I'm doing this, you guide my steps. And if it's your will, allow me to prosper. If not, take me out of it. That's a practical thing to do. Are you with me? You're not sure, but you want to try it out. Tell God, I'm going to try this out. If this is your will, allow me to prosper or pull me out of it. Now, when you make that prayer, what you're doing is you're surrendering completely to God. See, as human beings, we may not be able to understand God's ways to its fullest extent. Sometimes, you know, certain things may not be very clear. It's not because God is not clear. It's because sometimes we cannot comprehend the ways of God in the way we are. So once we get to heaven, we'll understand more about God. But right now, we are limited as human beings. Okay? So if you look at what happened in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they had a much higher spiritual level than we had. And that is when, you know, when they fell, when they fell, they came down to being people like who we are. Okay? They came down to the kind of level we are. Because of them, we are like this. So you can understand. But, but before that, they had a much better spiritual understanding. They had a much higher knowledge. All of this was so much better. So in the life we live, sometimes it'll be a bit of a confusion. But what you can do is, God, I'm going to do this. If it's your will, let me prosper. Otherwise, take me out of it. And you will truly see God work. If it's God's will, you will get to know very soon. If it's not God's will, you will leave that place quickly. The second thing is this. Sometimes you will be 100% sure of it. You'll be 100% sure that this is God guiding. This is God leading me. And you will step into it. You'll step into it. But one challenge that you will face here is that if when you're sure and you get into it, you will face a lot of challenges that will make you feel like you did the wrong thing. Like for example, you prayed about your marriage, you know, you knew that you know, this is God's plan for you. But after marriage, within two months, you're fighting. And now you're wondering if this person was truly God's will. See, many times we think that if it's God's will, there should be zero problems. But let me tell you, it's, it'll be the opposite. When you are walking in the right path, the enemy will be against you so that you can stop walking in that path. And he will try everything possible so that you can stop living life according to God's will. And that is where you will face challenges and you'll feel like maybe I did the wrong thing. Maybe I did the wrong thing. The best way to handle situations like this is that once you've gotten into it, no turning back. Once you've stepped into marriage, think of it, divorce is not an option. Leaving, not an option. You have to live with it. And, and psychology says that people who actually stay without leaving, people who actually hold on to the marriage even if it's bad, are actually more happier than people who divorce two or three times. See, divorce will not make a person happy. Leaving their spouse will not make a person happy, but rather holding on, even when it's difficult, is, is what makes life much more easier. So sometimes you'll be 100% sure, but you'll face a lot of challenges that will make you feel like, I don't know if this is God's will. 
But if you are there right now, keep going. Don't turn back. The next kind of situation you will face is that next way, the other way to get to know God's will is that you look at a certain situation. You look at the way the whole thing has worked out and you'll be sure that this is the Lord's doing and then you'll step into it. Okay. So typically, this is how marriage works. There are many who wait for God to give them a picture of who their spouse is going to be. They'll be waiting on the Lord for the name of the person they're supposed to marry. Now, let me tell you that that never happens. That never happens. Very, very unlikely it may happen. In the Bible, there's only one incident that happened that way. And it had a prophetic significance, that's all. But in general, God will never give you a visual picture or a photograph or the name of the person in your prayer so that you can go and find that person and get married. It'll never happen. But when it comes to marriage, what will happen is you will see that the way the whole situation worked out or the way you met that person, everything will seem like this is the Lord's doing. So this is understanding God's will based on the situation, based on the way things have worked out. Are you with me so far? Yes? Yes? Is my voice clear? Is my voice clear? Yeah? So... A common question that people often have is, how do I know the guidance of the Holy Spirit? How do I know which way to take? If you want to understand the guidance of the Holy Spirit, here's what you must do. Read the Bible a lot. Not just one chapter, not just two chapters, three chapters, but more than that. Read as much as possible in your day. Read as much as you can. You get a break, read it. Because what happens is, as you read the Bible, you will get familiar with the ways of God. In other words, you'll get familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit. The entire Bible, all the 66 books are inspired by the Holy Spirit, including the book of Song of Solomon. It's all, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. So when you read the word of God, what happens is you become familiar with the voice of God. You know, it's as if, you know, you, you keep hearing your spouse's voice and in a crowd you can identify, no, she's there. You, you can identify that person's behavior by just seeing a few clues. In the same way, the more you read the Bible, the more you become familiar to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. See, many times this, this subject is complicated. Oh, you've got to be on a certain level of anointing. You've got to be, you know... Uh, you got to receive a special impartation. All of this, you don't need anything. Following the guidance of the Holy Spirit is very simple. All you have to do is read your Bible every day. Because as you read the Bible, you will become familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit. And as you become familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit, you will understand His guidance. Are you with me? It's very simple. And it's something that all of us can do. All of us can do. I remember talking in a student's meeting many years ago, and one of the common questions that student asks is, Pastor, pray and let me know what God says about this situation in my life. Let me tell you, sometimes we can make that request, not a problem. But in general, I would avoid, I would ask you to avoid such requests, because God is more interested in ministering to you, talking to you, revealing his will to you. 
Maybe if you're stuck in a particular situation, you're unable to come out, you can seek for counsel like that. But otherwise, in general, seek the Holy Spirit. Pray, read his word, and everything that you want to do will become clear. I tell you, when you begin to live life that way, when you seek God every day, when you seek his steps every day, God will establish your steps. Psalm 1 verse 3 says like this, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. What does verse 1 say? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, but delights in the word of the Lord, delights in the ways of the Lord, that is where we have to be. That is where we have to be. Because the Bible says, whatever they do, prospers. Whatever they do will be blessed. When you do this, I tell you, your life and my life will be covered with the guidance of the Holy Spirit every day. Now, that doesn't mean that we will never face with failures. That doesn't mean we will never face a hard time. Hard times are going to come. Hard times are going to come. But here's what will happen. God will protect you from those tough times. And that is why, you know, when Psalm, Psalmist David is writing Psalm 37, he doesn't stop at verse 23. But he goes on to verse 24 and he says, Psalm 37, 24, he says, Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Failures will come. But guess what? God will uphold you. Maybe you're walking through a failure right now. Maybe you're walking through a situation that makes you feel like you've lost everything. But the truth is this. You're not done forever. You know, your story is not going to end in your failure. But you're going to have a new beginning. Because you walk in the ways of the Lord. Because you walk in the ways of God. Sometimes people will ask, you know, why is it that people who live according to God's ways face so much trouble? Sometimes people will ask, you know, I, I served God for so many years. I, I ask that question because I've seen my parents give their everything to God, everything, you know, from whatever money they get in church, back to the church. Whatever time they have spent in the church. But one day, the organization they were, that we were part of sent us out, and not just that, took all our money and resources that we had. It breaks my heart even to this day when I look at those same people <laughs> wearing full white from top to bottom and preaching about living a life of faith. And I know that they have stolen from me, stolen from my family. Sometimes we may wonder, God, it's not a wicked person on the road stealing from, but it's, it's a senior pastor who's stealing from the junior pastor. We may wonder, God, why do you allow these tough times to come? I can tell you that if that didn't happen in my family's life, I wouldn't be here in this city. I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing. My life would not be the same way. You see, God has a plan. God knows the destiny. God knows how he's going to guide us. And that is his sovereign will. He will allow sometimes people to come into our life and plunder us. 
Let me put it, put it this way, plain. Sometimes he will allow people to cheat us. We may say, God, why did you allow me this, allow this to happen in my life? And can I tell you something? When you pray like that, you will not get an answer. You will not get an answer. But you will get an assurance that it is going to be all right. That everything is going to be all right. Psalmist says that though he may stumble, so your problems are actually like stumbling on the road. See, when you're, when you're walking on the road and you're stumbling, you hardly fall, you just, you know, you just lose balance for a couple of steps. Think of it that way. Your problems are as if you were, you are stumbling, but eventually God will uphold you. God will strengthen you. The very people who mocked at you, the very people who were rooting for your failure will one day witness what God has done in your life. I want you to know this church that walking in God's will does not mean that your life will be free of trouble, but rather reminds us that when troubles come, you will be restored. When troubles come, you will be restored. If you go to the next verse in the same Psalm, uh, can somebody turn to me, turn with me to that passage, Psalm 37 verse 25, 37, 25, beautiful verse. I don't have that on screen, but I'm going to read that to you from the ESV translation. It says, I have been young and I have been old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. And verse 26, he is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. Are you going through a tough time in your life and you're wondering, what about my generations? What about my children? Are they going to suffer? The Bible says no. Your children will lend. Isn't that amazing? You see, all it takes for you, live according to the will of God. Your children will not be borrowers, but people who give others money. That is the blessing you have. That is the assurance. So it's not that trouble will never come. Trouble will come, but God will restore you. But for a person who rejects God, a person who calls himself the, a Christian, but rejects the will of God, and he falls, he falls forever. But for a person who denies himself, takes up the cross, follows Jesus and says, Lord, it's all about you. For such a person who lives according to the will of God, the Bible says, though he may stumble, he won't fall because the Lord upholds him with his hand. This morning as I finished preparing for the service, I went to my room and I saw my son sleeping. I went next to him, lie down for some time. And as I was lying down, I felt in my heart that more than giving him the best, more than giving him, giving him a comfortable life, what I need to teach him is live according to the will of God. I think that is the best lesson that we can pass on to the next generation. You know, there's a saying, right? Give a man a fish, he will come back to you the next day. But you teach him to fish, he will learn to survive on his own. He will learn to get his own bread. It's the same way. You teach a man how to live according to the will of God, he will prosper. He will prosper. That is where I want you to be, church. You know, as you grow in the Lord 
as you grow as parents. There are young parents here. I am one of them. There are older parents here who've had established in a blessed life. All of us, you know, wherever we are, we have to make this effort. Wherever we are, even with our relatives, we have to make this a point to talk about walking in the will of God. What is the will of God? What is the purpose of God? We have to ask ourselves, am I walking according to that every day? When you do that, your family life will be blessed. And not just your family, but your generations also will be blessed. Just as Psalmist said, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. Your generations will be blessed because you walk in the will of God. And I pray the church that each one of you, each one of you will always prioritize the will of God over anything that you want to achieve for yourself. I pray that each one of you will deny yourself and will obey the word of the Lord, the ways of the Lord. That is the best thing that you can do for your life.